Welcome to Talking Wyndham, your weekly insight into the people who make our city surprising, fascinating, vibrant and interesting. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page. Yeah, hello, I'm Kevin Hillier, back again with another edition of Talking Wyndham. This is episode 24. We've taken you to all parts and to all sorts of people in this podcast series. And today, another fascinating man to meet. This is Dalian de Cruz, who's the CEO of Wind Bay Len. What is Wind Bay Len? Very good question. And that's how we'll start this podcast and give you an insight into what Wind Bay Len is all about and also what Dalian's all about, because that's what Talking Wyndham is all about. Enjoy. Joining me now on the Talking Wyndham podcast is Dalian de Cruz, who's the CEO of WinBay, which is the Wyndham and Hobson Bay Local Learning and Employment Network. So it's WinBay, double L-E-N. Hello, Dalian. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, now, tell us exactly what uh, what WinBay, double L-E-N is. Yes. So WinBay, double L-E-N, WinBay Len, is uh, a local learning employment network. And what essentially we are is we are partnership brokers. So we broker partnerships that create opportunities or pathways for our young people predominantly uh, in the city of Wyndham and Hobson's Bay. Uh, But we also broker partnerships that assist a lot of our small and medium-sized enterprises and even some of our larger businesses in Wyndham. Uh, The penultimate uh, objective of our LLE and the LEN is that we want every young person in our region to reach their fullest potential. And the way to do that is to make what we think is a very successful transition from uh, school to post-compulsory training and education. That, in a nutshell, really is what a LEN is. What, uh, when you say young people, what age are we talking about here? Oh, yeah, we're talking anywhere from 10 to 25 years of age. Oh, okay. And and the spectrum of, uh, of employment opportunities that uh, and the industries that you that you operate in, uh, what are they, Dalian? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, in fact, uh, we look at all industries and businesses that are represented or have an interest in the west of Melbourne, or for that matter, anywhere in uh, Victoria, because as uh, as you understand, uh, the employment market is very mobile. People travel large distances to seek uh, employment, yep. and employers uh, these days in a global marketplace are not restricted to any one particular area. So uh, we cast our nets far and wide. Uh, but if you look at the west of Melbourne, there are definitely certain sectors within business and industry uh, that are more represented. For example. Uh, uh, when you drive around uh, a lot of our uh, suburbs, uh, you can't but uh, notice, not notice the trucks that we see all around the place. And that's because uh, Laverton, or the greater Laverton area, is one of Australia's uh, sort of centers for uh, the logistics uh, industry. In fact, yeah, in fact, uh, what I understand is that there are more truck movements per square kilometer in the Laverton, Truganina, Altona, North sort of zone than anywhere else in Australia. So uh, the logistics sector is very large. Uh, Allied health uh, is a is a, a sector that's growing exponentially. In fact, it's the one area that's uh, projected to show the maximum employment growth. And of course, uh, retail. Uh, we can't miss all the shops, the shopping centers uh, that we see sprouting up everywhere. And so retail is a very large employer in, in our region. So uh, so all of these are 
uh, are very sort of represented in, in a lot of what we do, Kevin. Uh, and obviously, uh, all those things need to be built. So I'd imagine the building industry is another one that uh, that falls oh, in that uh, category as well. Uh, absolutely. Building and construction, uh, as we know, is a very large employer. Uh, with a significant growth, uh, population growth in our side of the city. Uh, in fact, um, uh, Wyndham is uh, almost nearly as large as Geelong, uh, as, as we know. And so uh, all of those new uh, people or residents to our region have to be uh, sort of uh, uh, have to be accommodated somewhere. So uh, it's a very large uh, sort of building and construction sector. And of course, even in the commercial space, uh, you know, you're absolutely correct. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a very dynamic uh, area uh, that we live in. Darling, one of the uh, one of the ongoing problems we have is that there's a enormous percentage of the people who live in uh, this area don't actually work in this area, unfortunately, because of there there isn't the job. So is that is That's that an, is that an area now that uh, that you're finding that, uh, that you're you're kind of breaking down some of those barriers? Well, that's what we're working towards, and and that's. Uh Definitely the biggest problem uh, that uh, uh, typically our population growth has far outstripped uh, growth and employment in this region. Yeah. And uh, so um, not that long ago, I don't think uh, this stacks up today, but not that long ago, I think 70% of the residents in uh, down our way, the Wyndham region, uh, traveled uh, over the Westgate Bridge or, or on the Western Ring Road uh, towards employment. Uh, so that explains it. I think part of the problem is the structure of uh, the greater Melbourne economy, Kevin. Because if you look at if you if you look at Melbourne's GDP, right? So we, we often talk about state GDP or national GDP, but if you talk about Melbourne's GDP, uh, I think something like ninety cents in every dollar spent in Melbourne is spent within the ten-kilometer radius of the city. So that's where most of the spending, like. Uh, goes in and whether that's consumer spending or whether that's business investment. Yeah. So essentially, uh, the rest of us are really fighting for those 20 cents of the dollar. And uh, that kind of captures the real challenge. And then on top of that, if you add other constraints like infrastructure and uh, and retail space and, and so forth, uh, you, you definitely have a major challenge. And in fact, um, it, it's a challenge that some of our large uh, health providers constantly grapple with because, as you know, uh, they find it very hard uh, sort of attracting some of the professionals into our region. Uh, I know... Uh, 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 Dr. Mukesh Agrawal, uh, who used to uh, uh, represent the AMA some years ago, uh, was uh, also trying to address this in a very large way as to how do we make the West of Melbourne uh, more attractive for some of the health professionals who come this way. But uh, that's a constant problem. It's a major problem, and it's something that requires, I think, a more strategic uh, uh, sort of approach in our planning with a 10- or 20-year window. I don't think it's something that can be addressed fully uh, with local planning. I think it's it's uh, we really need to have a look at uh, uh, the structure of our city, how we plan our cities, and and that kind of dictates to a large extent uh, where investment goes. Really, yeah, it's all very well to have a you know a thousand jobs, but those jobs need to be tiered in all different uh, stratas of I guess of uh, professionalism and of, of what they bring to the uh, to the city of Wyndham. Uh, so you can't, yes. have, you can't have a thousand labouring jobs. You want to have uh, you know a hundred labouring jobs and a hundred uh, you know allied health jobs and all that. That that mix of jobs is really important too. Is is that where it's yes. is that is that changing? It is changing. 
definitely because I know the Committee for Wyndham and the City of Wyndham and uh, other sort of organizations were MEDA and all of that, uh, advocacy groups, ourselves, uh, we're all working towards trying to A, change uh, the perception of, uh, of uh, Wyndham in the West as a fantastic place to invest in. So, and, and that's happening. It's happening gradually. But, uh, but of course, with all of these things, the population growth is so much faster than, uh, than employment growth or investment growth that you're always sort of uh, chasing. Uh, you know, you're chasing the flag. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, that, that uh, remains a challenge. But it is definitely changing. Uh, what's been the biggest change you've seen in your 11 years as, uh, as CEO at, uh, at Winbay Len? Well, uh, a lot, actually. Of course, going beyond the obvious. Uh, that we talked about. Uh, the biggest change has been, I think, uh, the very significant investment we have seen in a lot of our industries and sectors. So, for example, the growth in the Port of Melbourne, which has been very significant. I think uh, the Port of Melbourne possibly is one of the largest employers here. Okay. All the, all the new hospitals that have come up, uh, the huge expansion in the zoo, but, but not particularly to the land focus. See, when the land was established uh, uh, all those years ago, back around 2000, the year 12 completion rate, that's the the number of young people that complete year 12, in this region was uh, less than 50%. It was somewhere around the 43 to 47%. It was very hard to find an exact percentage, right? But that's, uh, Kevin, that's pretty much where uh, the year 12 completion rate was. Yeah. Uh, today, uh, it's closer, it's around the 80% mark, 80 wow. plus. And so that's been, I think, the biggest change from a from an education uh, point of view that uh, we have seen a, a positive change, I think. And, and with that comes expectation of, uh, of you know, d- all different sorts of jobs, obviously, and, uh, and a different strata of jobs. Uh, are you optimistic about uh, yep. job creation for, for young people in the area? Uh, absolutely. I mean, as long as our economy keeps sticking along and, uh, and as long as uh, we uh, can skill young people up to take advantage, because, of course, the other big change, which I should have touched on earlier, was the the type of jobs that are now uh, or have uh, sort of uh, appeared on the scene? Uh, these jobs sort of now require much he- uh, higher level of skill and qualification to sort of uh, uh, sort of uh, get into, and so that's been a very significant change. So as long as we can keep skilling our young people uh, with the right skills that uh, that kind of match where the demand for employment is, uh, I'm confident that we can we can start to sort of uh, address this. The reason I'm confident, uh, Kevin, is that our regional economy uh, is not dependent on mining or other cyclical sort of sectors like that. It's to a large extent dependent on things like population growth and Melbourne, uh, the greater Melbourne area, is projected to grow by, what, 2 million over the next uh, 20 years. So that should be a significant driver of our economy. And a lot of that growth uh, we're going to see in the west and the north of Melbourne. So I think that as long as the broad economy keeps chugging along, uh, I think that uh, we should be 
able to keep moving in the right direction. One question is uh, the communication between organisations like yourself and schools. I mean, it's all very well for yes. kids kids to be sitting in schools and, you know, 50 of them want to be brain surgeons, but unfortunately there's yes. not there's not 50 brain surgeon jobs. So when yes. is, is there communication between yourselves and the uh, and the schools and the uh, and the educators of uh, of our children to uh, to talk to them about the the options they have and the realistic options that they that they need to look at? Uh, absolutely. In, in fact, uh, this has been a very important priority in the new state government's sort of education state uh, thrust of uh, a policy sort of drive is to look at the, the, that career education and planning and pathways. And so we are constantly in communication with our schools. Uh, of course, uh, the challenge sometimes in these areas is that um, uh, matching expectation or interest of young people with what businesses sort of um, require in the workplace and whether schools can sort of uh, sort of meet those requirements and um, and so and on a broader philosophical level uh, Kevin uh, it comes back to the question of what's the fundamental purpose of education yeah is the purpose of education uh, to uh, to sort of get young people uh, ready for the workforce or the workplace, or is it to develop the individual to uh, enjoy a more fulfilling life? So, so. But if I could put that philosophical aspect aside, um, like take logistics for example, uh, huge growth in employment, uh, uh, huge skill shortages, uh, but uh, that sector finds it very hard, despite a lot of the efforts directly with schools, with career organizations, they still find it very hard to to get young people uh, into their businesses. And part of the reason is, I think, image. Because, uh, uh, I mean, when you suggest logistics or truck driving or uh, well, logistics <laughs> planning, I mean, I mean, the image that comes to people's minds or parents' minds is a greasy workshop. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and just with, not sexy enough, Delian. It's just not sexy enough. Absolutely. And this is something that we constantly reiterate to our businesses as well, because this is something businesses need to take, because two things over here. The first thing, Kevin, is that uh, we all talk about Generation X and Y and Z and all of these sort of alphabets. But uh, I'm not sure about you, but uh, I remember when I was growing up, if you had two jobs, uh, say job A and job B, uh, you would usually pick the job that offered you the better wage, the better conditions. Yep. Right? Typically, I mean, that's how the baby boomers sort of uh, value things. Uh, the current generation that we have in our schools and the one that just preceded that uh, is the very first generation in Australia, the West generally, the OECD, that would pick a, uh, would pick a job or pick uh, employment uh, or a career pathway uh, not uh, based on remuneration, but based on their values. So, say for example, there was a uh, a logging company, right? Just say hypothetically, and that logging company was offering this fantastic wage. They would still find it hard to attract young graduates and young people today because a lot of young people may not uh, agree with uh, that area of business, uh, whether it's right or wrong. So. The point I make to a lot of our businesses is, what are you doing uh, in terms of your strategic planning, your resource, human resource management planning, looking ahead five, 10 years, that would uh, appeal to those values that young people have? And this is a huge, huge uh, change for businesses to get around in their heads. 
and um, so it's all the sort of things managing expectations on both sides and and, and so forth. It's a tricky uh, tricky area to be in. What um, I mean is the best advice for both uh, both employers and employees just to keep an open mind about what's available and what's out there in terms of who you're employing absolutely. and in terms of uh, of what you what jobs you're looking for. Oh, absolutely, because uh, sometimes your historical um, impressions or, or information may not be accurate or up to date. Uh, and so the, the world of work is evolving and changing so dramatically that uh, that uh, it may not necessarily be what you imagined or thought it was. So absolutely, it's what you said. Keep an open mind, give it a go, and uh, you never know where it might take you. The other thing that be- is becoming uh, increasingly obvious to my generation, I guess your generation as well, is that unlike uh, us, um, uh, the generation now is, A, being more discerning, but also is uh, is very happy that the first job they have will not be their last job, neither will their second job, neither will their third job. So they're not doing 25-year careers like we sort of uh, did when we first came out of school. Uh, they're keeping their options open for career A, B, C, and D. Absolutely, and, and so sh- uh, should they because, uh, I mean, all of what we've been told is that a young person today can expect to have uh, between five to seven different careers. Now, that's not jobs, that's careers. And so what you need or what you're going to require in the future is uh, what they call micro-credentials, uh, uh, micro-quals, and it's uh, lifelong learning, really. So uh, uh, being resilient and being flexible or adaptable is really the key skills that uh, we are trying to get our young people to have because uh, that's what they're going to require. You're absolutely correct. Dalian de Cruz is the CEO of Winbay Len. Uh, tell me, do, do you come to the, them or do they come to you or how does, how does it work that you uh, get to, to broker the, uh, the partnership between an employee and employer? Yes. So what we do is so we're not a service provider. So we, we're not, uh, for example, like an employment agency or yep. a group training company. So so we don't directly connect with young people. But what we tend to do is we tend to broker partnerships. So we bring together some of the key champions or the key leaders from the various sectors, whether, whether it's schools, business, community, local government. And usually it's around a project or a partnership of some kind uh, that uh, would assist the young people in, in some of these objectives. And, for example, uh, in, in the various partnerships that we've established over the years, thousands of young people have participated in gaining skills and quals and undertaking what we call structured workplace learning. That's where a young person is placed with a business uh, in the region yeah. uh, to pick up some of those skills. So it's not work experience. It's actually a lot more than work experience. So it's giving them that knowledge and that exposure in the workplace. And so that's essentially how we set up things. We set up programs and we broker pathways and partnerships and and, uh, and young people and employers participate in these various projects. And that's how uh, uh, we sort of try to affect change. And Dalian, you live in the West, uh, so you're aware of, uh, of uh, hands-on what's going on in the in the city uh, of Wyndham? Uh, absolutely. I've been a local resident now for a long time, for what, uh, in fact, more than I've been employed at the land for. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, we uh, we thank you for your time. It's a terrific uh, initiative, uh, Wind Bay Land. And uh, well, how, do, how, do, how would people find out more about it if they're, they're interested in knowing what, uh, what goes on? Uh, they can always start with our website, which is www.windbaylen, so W-Y-N-B-A-Y-L-L-E-N.org.au. And on there, you would find my contact details. So 
uh, they're most welcome to give me a call and I'll be very happy to make time and assist them in any way I can. Uh, and the, the other, just, just in finishing, the other one I wanted to ask you about was uh, young people setting up their own businesses. Is that something that is, is happening a lot or not uh, not happening or where's that sit? Well, it's, it's definitely happening. It's happening quite a bit, especially in certain areas. Uh, and it's it's one of the one of the areas uh, that I think uh, young people uh, would need to look into in the future. So uh, there's a lot of it happening. Council has uh, sponsored various initiatives or been working in partnership with various organisations, sponsoring uh, young entrepreneurship sort of projects and programs. And so uh, that's uh, one area that I think is going to grow quite significantly. We do have a lot of young people who have established their own businesses. Uh, I think I could be wrong, but uh, there is a, a category in the Wyndham Business Awards yep, and the Hobson's yeah. Bay Business Awards uh, that recognises uh, uh, young entrepreneurs, and that should be applauded. Absolutely, and uh, and being your own boss has, has its advantages and disadvantages. Very true, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dalian, uh, thank you very much for your time. Really do appreciate it, and uh, you've been with uh, with Winbay Lynn now for, for 11 years as the CEO, but obviously in the organisation for, for longer than that. Uh, uh, continued yes. continued success, and it was a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you, Kevin. Pleasure. Thanks to Dalian for his time. We appreciate it and look forward to your company once again for the next Talking Wyndham podcast. With thanks to the Committee of Wyndham, don't forget to jump on their website or on their Facebook page and join up as a member and make your contribution to the City of Wyndham and find out a lot more about what's going on in our city. Until the next time, I'm Kevin Hillier. See you soon. Thanks for listening. Talking Wyndham is an initiative of the Committee for Wyndham. All the latest news and events are on our website and Facebook page.